Is everybody glad to be in God's house this morning? Somebody said amen real good over on this side. Who was that? Sister Gail, she needs to move up here to the front row, don't she? <laughs> I better be careful. She might do it. Uh, speaking of the front row, Brother Mason is uh, not here again this week. He is preaching at Gentry's Chapel, so be in prayer for him. Uh, probably getting started about right now. How many of you know that you're a unique creation in God's kingdom? The Bible tells us in Genesis that, that God created everything in six days, correct? And then He created everything He created. The, he didn't just create the things on the earth, but He actually created the earth itself. And, and the first two books of Genesis covers how that the earth was without form and it was void and, and darkness was upon the face of the waters and, and things like that. And God goes through and, and every single day He creates something different. And then in Genesis chapter 2, verse number 7, something unique happens. Something different happens than has happened thus far in creation. God has created the, the fish. He's created the fowls of the air. He's created all the animals, the trees, and, and all this. And I believe that God's creation was, was more beautiful then than it even is now. Wouldn't you agree with that? Because that was before the fall of man. And I go outside now, not so much in, in June when it's so hot, but I like going outside in the fall and in the spring and, and just seeing how beautiful God's creation really is. And God had created all these things and they were perfect. And I'm actually going to be reading from Psalms this morning, but, but Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 says something different. It says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. And it says, And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. So up until this point in creation, God had created everything. He had spoken everything into existence. But it said when God got to man, when God got to, to you and I, when he got to us, he made us differently. He created us out of the dust of the ground, and I'm not sure exactly how it all happened, whether he just scooped us up out of the dirt or, or whatever. But then it said that he did something. He didn't just treat us like the rest of creation. See, God wanted to, to make something unique and something special, and so God came down, and, and Genesis 2-7 says that he breathed into the nostrils of man the breath of life. And it says this, that man became a living soul. We are and we have a living soul. Can you say amen to that? And, and everyone here, no matter how different that we are, and we're all different, and I think it's okay to be different. I mean, I, I, I think it would be a really boring world if we all look the same, don't you? And I'm glad I don't look like some of you, amen? No, I'm just kidding, okay? Some of y'all are saying you're glad you don't look like me. I get that. But we're all made in, in the image of God, but yet we're all different in the flesh. But in, inside of us, when you strip all that away, we all have a soul. Amen? So if you'll stand and turn your Bibles to Psalm chapter number 42. Psalm chapter number 42. I'm going to read uh, six verses here this morning. Psalm chapter 42, verse number 1. And, and this psalmist... This is not David, but is a psalmist. Is going to talk about it and, and focus on his soul or the soul in this psalm. If you're there, please say amen. 
The psalmist writes this. He says, as the heart or as the deer panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God, with the voice of joy and praise, with the multitude that kept holy day. He asked a question. He says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and from the Hermonites and from the hill Mizar. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, and I thank you for this opportunity to be here this morning. God, I thank you for all these that have gathered here and put forth the effort to come into your house. And God, as we come before you, Lord, in this time that we're about to receive the word, God, I just pray that our hearts and our ears and our minds would be attentive to you. God, I just pray that you would remove every distraction, God, and that you would just be glorified in this service. God, I pray that you would use me as your vessel. Lord, I'm tired in body, and, and God, I can't do anything without you. Lord, I just pray that you would manifest yourself in this place this morning. God, I just pray that as we examine the Scripture, God, that people would begin to examine their souls and see just how important that a soul really is. God, we praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I was going to preach a Father's Day message, and, and normally I put several, several, several hours into study, and, and I had been studying on that, and, and this was given to me yesterday. And so pray for me this morning. I, I don't feel like I'm as prepared as I normally am, but, but I believe as we go into this psalm, we'll see something very important. And as I kind of set it up this morning and talked about our soul, you know what we all focus on, right? We focus on the outward appearance. We focus on our flesh, because that's the easiest thing to see. I mean, you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do, you usually head towards the bathroom or, or wherever and, and, or kitchen. I don't know where you go, but you see yourself in the mirror and you start looking at your flesh. And so many of us and, and put a lot of thought and a lot of, of work into our flesh, don't we? I mean, how many of you, I don't know, this is an odd question, but how many of you can get, can get ready out of bed and out the door in less than five minutes? Can anybody do that? I mean, I can't do that. Y'all know that. I'll tell you the closest person will be Zeb Allison because there ain't a whole lot of maintenance going into that hairdo. But anyways, and so we spend sometimes an hour, two hours getting ourselves ready, don't we? And especially for church, because when you go to church, you want to try to look your best and you want to fix your hair right and get your, get your makeup on just right and pick the perfect outfit. And we put so much time into our flesh. And a lot of times, you know what we do? We neglect our soul. We, we neglect it. And, and sometimes, I think that we almost 
just forget that it's there. Forget about the soul. And, and what is the soul? What is, what, I looked it up, and, and a soul, it's simple. It's, it's who you are. It's your desires and your emotions and your passions. It, your soul is really who you are. See, this flesh, even though I, I look at somebody, I can look at Daniel, I can see his flesh, and I can say, that's Daniel. Looking at the outside of somebody is not really seeing who they are. And to be honest with you, and, and this may sound like kind of a, a, a mean statement, but, but I'm glad sometimes that I can't see people for who they really are. Because if I did, I might not like what I see. Would you agree with that statement? And so your soul, it is the seat of who you really are. It, it's, and ultimately, when God gave us a soul, he gave us something especially unique. I, I was at camp this week, and, and, and I broke a kid's heart. I know y'all are thinking, oh, not you, Pastor. Oh, I did. And, and I didn't mean to. I just, I, you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm quick to spout stuff off, I guess, and... And we were, we were in, in our cabin after the service, and, you know, the lights were out, and, and we were just kind of talking. And one of the kids, they said, uh, we were talking about souls, and, and one of them said, did my dog go to heaven? <laughs> well, what did I say? <laughs> no, your dog didn't go to heaven. And, and I think I, I, I crushed that kid's spirit that night, and I didn't mean to. It just popped out. And then he said, well, why not? And so I got to explain to him that we are the only thing in God's creation that has a soul and that will ultimately live eternally. See, that's the thing about the soul. So we, we put a lot of thought into our flesh and making ourselves look nice and, and trying, to, trying to feel good, you know, and we, we take medicines to try to take the pain away and, and all these things that we do to focus on our body. But ultimately, you know what your body's going to do one of these days? It's going to decay back to the dust. I mean, that's Bible. Your, 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 your body, as, as much work, can you imagine? Could you just think about all the hours that we focus on our bodies and on our outer selves and, and making ourselves look good and all these other things, just that one of these days that our body's going to be put in a box and lowered into a grave and left there, and eventually it's just going to decay. But our body will go away, but guess what? Our soul never will. The soul is eternal. If you read Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, I'll just reference back to it. It says, and, and God breathed into our nostrils, breathed into Adam's nostrils, the breath, the very breath of life. And it says, and man became a living soul. So you read that in, in light of the fact that your soul is not only there, but it's actually alive. That your soul inside of you is as alive as your flesh on the outside of you. And I'll say this, that your soul is, is more important than the flesh that you look at every day. Far, far more important. So the psalmist here, as we read in, in Psalm chapter 42, he, he starts off and he's talking about communion with God. And I just want to tell you this about the like I said getting ready is I think a very important element of being here this morning and I would encourage you to do this if you don't is is maybe try to spend as much time getting your soul ready to be at church as you do getting the rest of you ready to be at church. 
I believe that this place would be a different place. This church would, would be different if everybody, I think if even half of us, just stopped. And, and, and it might involve you getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and that's okay. Get up and, and get ready spiritually to be at church. We need that communion with God. I like communion, don't you? I like fellowship. I'm not talking about communion, the, the, the wine and the crackers. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about communing with somebody, communicating with somebody, having a, an exchange with somebody. I like doing that. That's one of my favorite things to do. I, li I like to just sit down and talk to people. Do, do any of you like doing that? I mean, we're in the South, and in the South, it's kind of a required thing for you to be nice and talk to people and be cordial, right? If, if, you, if, if you're not like that, then we need to talk about it. But let me tell you, as, as much as I like doing that, it, I should more want to commune with God. But so often, it seems like we put that on the back burner. We set that aside. We say, well, I've got some other things going in my life, and, and, and I just don't have time to pray. I just don't have time to, to read my Bible. I just, I just don't have time to even just sit down and, and just, just close the world out and commune with God. And you know what it causes? It causes you to suffer. I'm talking to saved people this morning. You save people with me here, I'll get to the lost people later. But I'm, I'm being real with you, church, that we should spend time communing with God and preparing ourselves. And so the psalmist, he writes this down. And th this, this guy, he said he wrote it, and, and I won't get into this real deep, but it said it was written to the sons of Korah. And the sons of Korah, they were a specific group of people, and they had a very important job. They carried the holiest things in the temple. And these men that carried these very important things, they weren't even allowed to use a cart to carry them. They had to carry them on sticks, and, and they had to walk and carry them. And so these men, they had to be very careful because they were dealing with the, the holiness of God. And so these sons of Korah, I would assume that they had to have a very, very close relationship with God. And so they write this psalm, and the first thing that he says, he says, as the heart, or we, we're just going to, from here on out, we, we'll say deer, because that's what we've got around here, and that's what a heart is. As the deer panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. He says, my soul thirsteth for God. And not just any God. It can't just be anything. He says, for the living God. And so I thought about that and, and I, I was putting as much thought into that as I could. And I thought about being thirsty. I don't know about you, but, but I'm a water drinker. You know, I was, and I'm going to refer back to camp because I've been at camp for seven days, guys. I'm lucky I survived, Okay. And I seen these people, and some of them even in this sanctuary this morning, that every time I saw them, that we would have a, a break to take a drink, or they call it canteen or whatever, they would have a Mountain Dew in their hand, or a Dr. Pepper, or a Coca-Cola, or whatever, and they would be walking around, and, and, and I, was it you? Was that you? No, Tyler Way's the Mountain Dew guy. I just, I'll point you out, brother. So... <laughs> And I would see them, and they would, they would have their Mountain Dew. And I joked with them. I said, I bet, if, I bet if we took a draw of blood out of your arm, it'd come out lime green like Mountain Dew. And he said, probably would. But I'm a guy. I like water, don't you? You know why? Because water refreshes me better. And so the psalmist, he's given an example here. He's given us an allegory or an example of, of what it's like 
to truly want God in your life. See, as a Christian, you should not just be satisfied with saying, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, and that's the end of it. You should not be satisfied with that. You should say, no, I want to commune with God every day. And so the psalmist gives us an example of that. He says that, that he said, I want God so bad. He said, I want that communion with my soul so bad. He said, I want it just like an animal, just like a deer or whatever it is, needs a drink of water. He says, I need God that bad. And he, he's saying this, and, and what the thing about this is, is that getting a drink of water, it's natural to all of us, isn't it? I mean, you don't have water for three days, you die. That, that's, that's, that's life. You don't get water for three days. And so that, that drink of water, I believe that there's, there's kind of a, a meaning of that, of this, that if you don't have that communion with God, then there's a chance that, that you spiritually may just dry up and die. And I believe we see that today, don't we? You know, if, if something don't get water, what does it do? It starts to wither. I'm, I'm not real good. Have you all noticed, and you probably have, that since all this, this, this junk, I won't even say the word, has went down, that, that a lot of people are growing a garden. Have you all noticed that? There's gardens just popping up everywhere. And I'm not, I'm not a real good gardener, I'll be honest with you. We have some tomato plants, and guess what I forget to do? I forget to water them. And, uh, and so I walked out right before, actually, I went to, uh, went to camp and looked at to my, my tomato plants. And they started to turn yellow, and they were starting to wither up. And, and so I thought, those plants don't need miracle growth. They don't need sunlight. They need one thing, and that is a drink of water. And I could tell, and, and I know this sounds crazy, that as soon as I sprayed that water, I, I could just almost see those tomato plants go, oh, that was good. Thank you for that water. And, and that's the same thing when, when I get a drink of water and, and I've been, been mowing the yard or I'm outside and I'm hot and, and my soul or, or my flesh is ready for something. When I get that drink of water, it just feels so good, don't it? But yet, so many times we ignore the fact that our soul needs a drink. And it says here, my soul thirsteth for God. You know what Jesus called himself in the New Testament? The living water. He said, I'm the living water. He said, and he said, and I've got a well, he said, that will never run dry. That means that you can commune with God as much as you want to. That you can go to him as many times as you please. And guess what? The refills are free. You can go to God and you can commune with him and you can say, God, I need you. And, he, and I believe this man, he wrote this, he says, as the heart panteth, he says, the soul after thee, my soul thirsteth for God. He wanted his soul to be thirsty for God. I believe that this man, whoever wrote this psalm, would have been concerned had he not longed for and wanted to commune with God. He said, he said God, if, if, if I don't commune with you, he said, I'm going to dry up. He goes on to say, he says, My tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? He says, When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in thee, for I had gone with the multitude. The psalmist says that, that, that when he's saying, My tears have been my meat, he's saying that sometimes things will not go your way in life. I'm not a crier, I'll, I'll be honest with you. If you ever see me crying, I'm probably hurt pretty bad or something. 
But a lot of times when things start going bad in life, we begin to cry. And, and you know where, where, where when bad things happen, you know what it hurts usually? Not our flesh, but our soul. And we think about that and, and things happen in life. Things happen that we don't see coming and things that we don't understand. And, and our soul, in, in another scripture, it calls it that our soul gets vexed. And as you read on down, he asks a question. In verse 5, he says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? So he says, he, he asks his soul a question. And, and I think maybe we should ask our own soul that question. We should examine ourselves and say, Hey, why am I in the condition that I'm in? Now, I like that first song that we sung, didn't you? Did you like that song? How many of you knew the story about Horatio Stafford? Spafford, I mean. A few of you knew that. And I want you to understand that, that it really hit me that today's Father's Day, and that father right there, you know what he did? He lost four of his kids, lost every one of his children. And what an awful situation that was. And, and, and Horatio Spafford could have backed up and, and could have just said, you know what? He said, I'm not going to hear D.L. Moody in England. He said, he could have said, forget it. He said, it's not worth it anymore. Why, God, have you done this to me? A lot of people do that, don't they? They begin to question God. And, and when things happen that they don't understand, they begin to point fingers and blame God and say, why is this happening to me? And their soul gets in such a condition that, that they don't know what to do. And the psalmist says, Why? Why art thou cast down? You know, we get. I would look at that and, and maybe put it in modern terms and say that, why are you so down and out? Why are you so disquieted? Why are you not comfortable? What is going on with my soul? And I think that's happening to a lot of people. I think we have a lot of people, now I'm, I'm just being honest with you, okay, that have souls, and I'm talking church folks that have souls, Christian folks that have souls that are cast down. You may be discouraged, you may be hurting, you may have just a, a, a innumerable things wrong with your soul. And he says, why am I cast down? And so he needs to get to the root of the problem. And we get in that condition, and, it, and I'll just tell you this, it's not a good place to be in. I don't like being in that place. Do you? I mean, do you like being discouraged? I don't. Do you like when bad things happen to you in the, in the place that that puts you in? Remember, your soul is who you really are. And what I see as a pastor is that I'll know that folks are dealing with things. And you know what they do? They just put a big smile on their face and they fake it. You ever done that? I mean, be honest with me. If you have, nod your head. It's okay. I'm not mad at you. I've done it before. I come to church. I'm tired this morning. I mean, are y'all even getting this message? Am I making sense this morning? But yet I tried to come in and, and smile and, and just be friendly because, well, that's what you're supposed to do in church. But yet we have so many folks whose soul is cast down, whose soul is disquieted, and that should concern us. If your soul is cast down, you should say, why is my soul cast down? What's going on in my life that's causing me to be in this condition? And then you should say, I need God to fix this. He goes on to say, and I stopped reading there on purpose. He says, 
He says, why are you disquieting me? And then he says, this is how you can get over it or how you can deal with it. He says, hope thou or put your hope in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. So many times we know that, we know that we're in that condition. We know that we need something. We, and, and the solution is to go back to God and to do what? To fill your soul up with him. Because I, I like to look at it like this, and this may not make a lot of sense to you, but I kind of look at our soul as our inner person, as, as like a whole other person. As, as, as just like the real you. And oftentimes, we neglect that part of us. Now, none of you on purpose would just say, well, and, and this happens occasionally, but how many of you would say that every day you forget to eat? Does anybody in here forget to eat? I mean, you have before, maybe. You got busy. But every day you forget to eat. And you forget to do this and you forget to do that. And, and if you forgot to eat enough times in a row, what would happen? Well, your body would, would become emaciated and waste away to nothing and you'd get kind of sick and you'd get down and out and you'd get to where you couldn't do anything, right? That's what your body would do. And I think that happens with our soul. I forgot to pray. I forgot to read the Bible. I forgot to go to church. That's happened, right? Come on, y'all can smile, it's okay. And those things happen, and guess what? It begins to take a toll on our soul. And we don't have that communion. And then eventually... We don't get thirsty anymore. I, I read an article one time that said that, that right before a person starts dying from thirst, that they, they won't even be thirsty anymore. That their body's in such a shape that it doesn't realize that it needs water. And I want to ask how many people here, don't raise your hand, but, but examine yourself this morning and ask yourself, is my soul in that shape this morning? Or are you able to say, no, it is well with my soul? We don't need to be in, in the shape where our soul's almost wasted down to nothing and, and just we push it to the side and say, well, I'll take care of that when I need to. No, you need to take care of those things now, today, right here. Quit putting it off. Quit, quit neglecting the part of you that is the most important. Why? Because that is an eternal part of you. And he says that, that God breathed life into man and as I've already said that makes us eternal right that even though the flesh is going away and and you know it, it's that's not that bad of a thing you think about it I don't I don't necessarily look forward to death but but how many of you look forward to not having to deal with pain anymore and and things like that I mean you do but see the thing about it is is even though the flesh is over with the soul still remains and the soul, is, as I said, and I probably even preached it last week, the soul spends eternity somewhere, right? In heaven or hell. But people are not concerned about it. We're so concerned about other things. We're so focused on other things and outside things in our flesh that we forget about our soul. I just want to kind of wake you up this morning and make you aware that, that your soul is still there. And that you should be as that deer or as that heart that you're literally panting for, for, for water 
that you're panting for God, that you, that you say, man, if I don't get some of, some of God in me and have that communion with God, that, that I might just waste away to nothing, that I might just dry up. And I have to have you, God. I hope that's you this morning. As a Christian, I hope that you have that communion. I hope that you have that relationship with God every day. But just looking at the condition of this church and, and churches everywhere around us, I see a great, a great dearth or a great, a great famine of people that commune with God, that truly spend that time with God, people that are thirsty for God. Amen. Father, we love you, God, and we thank you for all that you do. And God, I just pray that you would take this word, God, that you would take these verses and Lord, that you would open people's eyes and make them realize just how vital their soul is. And God, I just pray that, Lord, that Christians this morning would, would come to the well and that they would come to you and say, Lord, I need that communion. God, I need a drink of that living water. God, fill me. And Lord, I just pray especially for the lost people. Lord, that they have a soul just like a Christian does, but it, that it's a lost soul. Lord, I just pray that you would minister, and God, that you would take this and that you would multiply it. In Jesus' name, amen.